Yo, thanks for listening to the Midwest Flyways podcast. This podcast is brought to you by Migra Ammunitions, the next-gen proven and patented technology in shot shell ammunitions, small batch manufacturing, which means they can actually quality check what they're actually putting out to you guys, tighter patterns. Migra Ammunitions does hit different. Trust us and try it today. Go to MigraAmmunitions.com to learn more. Certifiable. <laughs> all right, all right. So we are li- we are live and recording. So we have with right. us Uncle Spalding, Unc, Uncle Spalding, and hey, I've been hearing stories out of this motherfucker all weekend. So right now we're in the middle of North Dakota, and these guys drove like twenty five hours to meet us here. So it's Midwest Flyways twenty four seven hunt. Uncle Spaulding's here. He's got the camaraderie on oh, level 10. I'm here. Yeah, you're That's here. That's what they call me, the younger hey, guys. What do you think of this place? Oh, man, it's fabulous. I've never seen as much activity in the field with ducks and geese. It was just blew my mind. I thought I had died and gone to duck heaven. Oh, yeah. You are. Have you been a big duck hunter like your whole life? Well, you know, I grew up hunting all around. You know, I started hunting robins when I was a, a little kid, you know, shooting with right. with uh, slingshots. And, you know, I grew into hunting. And where I come from, we just shoot wood ducks, you know. And, and back, it's been a long time since I'd shot ducks. The last time I shot really ducks, we were shooting lead. Okay, that's how long. 70s. Back. Yes, yes. Damn. You know, and that was the whole shift and change when they went to steel. So, you know, it made a whole lot of difference. So I've been a big hunter, loving ducks. And I've seen how you shoot. And so, like, I know that lead was a, probably a big deal for you. Yeah, it was. You needed it. I did. <laughs> I really did. I really did. What gun did you bring here? Uh, Remington 1100. A Remington 1100. And believe it or not. 150 got, bucks. Yes, I bought it. My uncle bought it for me when I was 17 years old, and it was back when Fred's stores opened, and they sold it for, for 150, 150 bucks. And I've had it ever since, and it is in prime shape. It is excellent shooting weapon. Totally. My God. I know, man. It's exciting. I go sometimes at night, I get so excited about having a Remington 1100 like that. I just sleep with it. You see me sleeping there with it in my in my, in my uh, actual bed, you know? It's like, right. that's my honey. That's my baby, man. I'm not kidding you. It's oh. like, all right. So Anything that hot, you know, we can, you, we can take the plug out and go five times. We don't even have to do three. <laughs> I love it. Oh my god! So, are you related to Renard or Daryl? I'm not related, but I knew Renard. See, Renard's dad and I grew up hunting together. I came home from college once, you know, and I heard these guys were in town when they got all these guns. These black guys got all these guns spalled, and you need to go see who they are. You need to go see them. So I went down the end of the lane, and they, Renard's dad and his uncle. Um, Bucky, we call him Bucky, and they were all down cooking, and they had guns laid all out, and so I'm sitting there, I get out of the car, I said, who the hell do you think you are? The Dalton guy? And they go, yeah, yeah, I never met these guys. Oh, I never met these guys. Who the hell do you think you are? The Dalton gang? This is my town, you know, and they said, yeah, 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 we're the Dalton gang. I said, well, okay, damn it, I'm Jesse James. And it's been like that, the Dalton gang and Jesse. So we were young. We were his dad and his uncles. We were, you know, we were really young, man. And we started hunting. We started gathering together every year, started hunting and, you know, doing all these so things. So much history, huh? Yes, it's so much history. And Renard, I don't even know if Renard was born at that time. He was maybe a little small kid. But then his dad would have him with him all the time hunting. Yeah. You know, and it's, it was it was. Like family, we're like family. That's why we they call us uncle. They call me Uncle Robert. You know, Uncle Robert Spalding, because they all you know. And these younger guys come into the field now, 
and they're taking care of old man like me. You mm-hmm. know, they're showing me some new things. I well, they never, should take care of you. Look yeah, at you. Absolutely. You know? And I never knew all these things about all this duck hunting and all these things and how it's got modernized and the things well, that they do with it. Well, you know, how, like how did you shoot wood ducks back in the day? You just creep up on them or what? Yeah, any way we could. You just wanted to kill them. Yeah, just shoot them, man. And they come through, and you know, and then nobody knew how to cook duck. You know, at that time, they, I had a, a grandmother to cook some for me, and they baked him, overcooked him because they thought it was raw when it was mm-hmm. red, and it was like trying to chew shoe leather or something. Right. You know, but I didn't know anything about ducks, I think, till Rick cooked some. And that's like, oh, red, this is real good. Mm. It's really good. What's your favorite actual thing to hunt, though? So, like, is it ducks, or do you think it's something else? Maybe. Maybe now. Well, my actual favorite thing is quail. I okay. love to. I used to do a lot of quail hunting. I grew up. I had like a kennel with seventy-five dogs in it, man. Registered bird dogs. I really? had some pinecone, max stock, bloodstock. You got to understand, Swain, Waynesboro, Georgia, not far from me, is the bird dog capital of the world. Really? Yeah. Okay. So I had a lot of dogs. I had English setters, German short hairs, Irish setters, uh, English. Spaniels, liver pied pointers, lemon pointers. I had Brittany Spaniels. <laughs> you you had it all, man. And I had yeah, man. And I had some oh, I had a, I had some fabulous uh, golden retrievers. I had like seventy five dogs, and I did what's, all my vet work too. What's the best dog you ever had? Brittany Spaniel, and they didn't cut her tail off. And this dog was so good, I would be at dove shoots, man, and I'd have tons of doves shot down out there. It's just me and her. On a hill, you know, somebody had spread out a bunch of corn. I don't know. I think they had plowed it up. <laughs> Something like that out there, and, you know, and I had shot so many doves down that this dog couldn't pick them all up. And what she would do, she would just pick them up and put them in a pile and then pick them up over here and put them in a pile there and pick sure. them up and put them in a pile over there. And then after lull came, she would just go get them pile at a time. This dog was so good. I remember, you know, I used to, at the time I was married, and I do remember my wife, you and that dog, you and that dog, you and that dog, you and that dog. What was that dog's name? Her name was Annie. Annie. I'll never forget it. That's my wife's name. Oh, wow. That's a nice name. But let me tell you, this dog was so fabulous. I came home one night and I had, had a few, you know, I was wearing my beer goggles, of course. And that, that's those times I was wearing beer goggles. I don't wear beer goggles anymore. And she said, if you come, you hunt one more time with you and that dog, I'm going to force you. And I looked at her and I said, look, let me tell you something. <laughs> that dog is so good. Let me, if that dog could cook a biscuit, I would have been divorced you. <laughs> I can do you. You said that to her face. Yes, I did. You can. Hey, I'm guessing it didn't work out. It didn't work out good, <laughs> you know, for her. But it worked out. It came out real good for me and the it dog. Worked out good for you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, me and the dog. Hey, what's the craziest dog you ever had? The, you ever have like a wild dog? You were just like that dog. No, the craziest dog I ever had was a a, a Rottweiler, and he had gone and been trained. You know, the dog had a PhD in ninja warfare. <laughs> He could do, he could, you, you would swear he did a poof of smoke, you know, and disappear and come up behind you. <laughs> he was awesome, man. He was mad. Yeah, he He's just mad all the time. Yeah, I used to leave the house unlocked all the time, man, making sure it was always unlocked, you know, oh, yeah. but the dog needed some practice. Yeah. Hey, I put him to work, yeah. I love that. Yeah, absolutely. Holy shit. Dude, if, <laughs> Steven, get out of here. <laughs> Anyway, um, so dude, we've been yeah. on the field a lot the last yeah, we four have. or five days. We you have, know? and and I get it. You're not from here. You don't understand no. how the ducks work and all that. No. Now, when I tell you not to shoot until I say shoot, does that mean pop out of your blind eight seconds before I call the shot? Excited, or what what goes through your head? Ooh. Because that's a real question. That is. We got to first understand I have an impulse control problem. <laughs> you know, I impulsively pop up and my finger automatically goes on the trigger. And, you know, and if I have to keep my thumb all the time on the safety, you know, over here, it's like, okay. 
and I only shoot at what I think I can hit, you know, and I can't. And so the fact that I got a little ADH all the way to Z, the doctor said, he said he wasn't going to stop at D, you'd do me a disservice. So I'm sitting here thinking, I got to think about what you're telling me and then try to think about what I'm going to put on the trigger. And then I got to think about what I might shoot at. It don't work like that. My brain is not wired like that. My brain is <laughs> wired naturally. I'm an instinctive shooter. I instinctively shoot. And that's the way. When I was raised. So all, all bullshit aside, I'm the same way. Yeah, because I have ADHD as okay. well, or ADD, something like that. Cool. And uh, and I tell you what, when I hunt by myself, I kill every damn bird, every single bird, because there's no one telling me what to do. I don't have to think about everyone else in the blind. And I just the amount of times that I look at my dog and she's going like this with her eyes, and then I look up in the eye, in the sky, and I'm like, oh shit! I pull up my gun so fast, don't think about it, don't close an eye, and I drop that thing. Cal's seen it many times where he's like, holy shit, Joe, that was an unbelievable shot. It's just I'm very instinctual as well. Ask Nick when I shot that one when he came up and he said I popped up and it was so quick and it was so fast. He will say it's the fastest human shot he's ever seen made. And I've grew up like that. You got to understand how I got that way. I was given, when I was about seven years old, I was given a twenty-two rifle, and it didn't have any iron sights on neither, you know, nothing yeah. on there. And I, I didn't know. I was 19, 20 years old before I figured out what people were peeping at. Why do you have one eye closed? What are you looking at? <laughs> I never shot down a rifle with any iron sights. I was learned to just shoot. I can take Natural. A, a Red Rider BB gun. And take the sights off of a Red Rider BB gun. And if you'll take a quarter and hold it like this, not flat, but round, and spin it up, I'll hit a quarter with a Red Rider BB gun. Dude, I will, I will buy you a Red Rider BB and gun to watch that, that shit. And on the last dove hunt, I Because you've been talking hunt, lots of shit this I'm trip. I'm backing it up, too. <laughs> y'all just don't tell me when to shoot. You're right. You should be the only one shooting ducks. That's it. That's right. <laughs> Yeah, I'm gonna tell you at the last quail hunt, and I've got I've got witnesses upstairs there probably, you know, and way to tell you. I was shooting quail and the guy said, I've never seen anybody hit a quail like that. I said, Watch this. I'll knock down two birds and I said, I want you to go over there and make sure you look at those birds now. I purposefully shot just the head off for you. And you should go pick the bird up and his head was shot off. Quail. I imagine that, you know. That's Wade. Do you think that you could show us on a duck? duck. How to shoot a duck's head off? (laughs) You think you could pick, if a duck came in, you could be like, all right, I'm going to shoot him in the head only. If somebody tell me, just just shut, if y'all just sit there and shut the fuck up. (laughs) I will tell you this. That one shot you popped out of the blind so damn fast yesterday. And that duck did a straight backflip. And I tell you what, I've only seen that maybe five times in my life where that duck gets so hard, Ooh. he still flaps five or six times after Ooh. he's hit because Ooh. his brain gone. is completely I, shut off. I, and I was his, aiming at his instincts are he's just, he, you blew his body backwards. Ooh. So you hit him in the head, Ooh. and this thing is doing a backflip, and his wings are still flapping all the way down. That's right. But that thing's dead as shit. He didn't even realize it. He I will thought give he was you that still one. flying. And and he said I said kill him and you came out of that blind so damn fast and you right. were right there and that's the instinctive shooter I am I mean I have been that way all my entire life man I have learned to do that yeah yeah do you feel like uh, how does that relate to big game hunting for you big game like when I've hunted elk you know yeah. out west it was on horseback in the Bob Marshall Wilderness area out there you know it was it was tough you know riding on horse going across those icy rivers and creeks and stuff you know and the horse get there and pat the ice i'm going like man this horse got more sense than i got he's checking the ice <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah yeah, good so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's good for you too i know it so i've you know out west I, it well, what were you kill. what were you shooting with iron sights or a no, scope or no what? i was shooting with 30 out six 30 out six and it was zeroed in actually at 100 yards for georgia you got to understand my 30 out six rifle i have a remington well you got a lot six. of trees down there mm-hmm. so if you're going to shoot a deer it's going to be within 100 yards right well, yeah, mostly, yeah, 100 yards. I, I, but this rifle zeroed in at 100 yards. Oh. 
And do you know the last time I scoped this rifle in, the last time I scoped this 30 out 6 in has been over 10 years ago. I hadn't had to touch the scope. And let me tell Perfect. you, let me tell you how accurate I am with that 30 out 6. I've got bobcats, foxes that I've shot that have been mounted and you cannot tell where the bullet went in or out. You, that just sounds like a really good taxidermist. No, it's not. You can't <laughs> see anything exploded when they get there. I mean, I'm taking to them whole. I am so precise that I will take just the part of the spinal cord out with a 30 out 6 bullet. That is unreal. So you're not shooting center mass. You're shooting for a fatal spine shot well I'm, I'm looking out for the taxidermist yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah well, i'm trying not to overwork them in our area <laughs> save them some you know trouble <laughs> that's unreal accurate. that is freaking you guys accurate, man. you guys shoot a lot of bobcats down there because well, that's I, a bucket list animal for me i want to get them mounted over a mantle over a fireplace mantle and just i've got this one chasing a duck and he, and and i think that duck was I don't. I think we shot him wood duck hunting or something down at a pond back in the day when we were shooting lead, you know. And he's chasing. I just kept him in the freezer like that. Yeah. Is your favorite thing? Uh, well, I'll say this: Is it hard to hunt in Georgia? Comparatively speaking, yeah. it's not as hard as humping these hills here for yeah. pheasant. You know, we went out today and hunting pheasant. And I you walked some miles. Oh man, I walked up today. I walked ten miles. Oh my! My Fitbit says I walked ten full miles. That's crazy. It was crazy. And those wild pheasants are more smarter than ooh wow. They're smarter than the dog to a degree almost because they would they'll like, weave through. They weave through. They're, they're running around, and in running there. around in yep. there, and that dog will point. <clears throat> And that doesn't mean anything where he pointed because that bird's probably run at. Well, Ben off. has great dogs too. Did ben yeah, run oh yeah, today? oh yeah, yeah. Ben's got yeah really he's got dogs. some good dogs. Oh, he yeah. had some German short hairs that were working. The thing, the thing about it is though, the from where we hunt in Georgia with quail, this dog range is so far out because it's so open out there yeah, and yeah. all that grass. And I see why people hunt from horses. You know, I was sitting there going looking for the near rental horse place <laughs> to try to get out there. I don't think there's any rental places of any kind out here. <laughs> I mean, you know, I'm serious. Like, where can you borrow a horse to keep up with the dog, man? God. It's amazing the wide open space and the heels and the walking. The Midwest Flyways podcast is brought to you by Onyx Hunt. Onyx Hunt is the best way to find your next field permission, the best way to find that next water source that you want to hunt. Uh, they have everything that you could possibly pretty much have or want in an app to find where the ducks or the geese are going to be. Um, they've literally added so many different features now. Uh, you can see the topography of what was planted there the year before. You can put in the wind direction depending on how you want to hunt a certain spot. I mean, it's literally the best tool for you to be successful in the field. So go to Onyx Hunt today to learn more. So that, that bobcat mount you're talking about, this yes. is one that we have at my cabin. It's a coyote holding a pheasant in his mouth. Yeah. So that is it something like that? Yeah, but he's going to be chasing uh, like he's like catching after the... Really? Uh, like yeah. paw out type mm -hmm. of deal or mouth out? Mm -hmm. Mouth, paw out and mouth. Ugh. Yeah, I'm getting it done. And the young lady that's actually doing it is doing some restorative artwork for a guy down in, 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 in Lawrence County where I'm from, down in Georgia. He's got one of those big... You know, things where he's got animals like full-size grizzly bears, full-size uh, the polar bears. And, I mean, he's got years of exotic animals. She's doing the actual restorative artwork for him. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, she's going to do the work for me. I'm sure it's going to come out perfect because you'll be able to shoot him right in the spinal cord and it won't be well, a problem. Let me tell you, you have to show photos on how I practice shooting that. But, see, you got to understand one of my other professions I'm a, I'm a licensed embalmer, too, in one of my other professions. I'm multitask. You know, I have a plethora of... Yeah, tell us about your plethora of professions. Yeah, I'm also I'm a clinical therapist. I'm a psychologist, I.O., industrial organizational psychologist. And, I'm, you know, I grew up in a funeral business, you know, and right. family owned the funeral operator. I'm a licensed embalmer, too. So yeah. I've studied the, you know, the neurological systems, the biological systems, the bony structures in the body. So I know how to 
you know, and I practice. You know the anatomy. Yes. When yeah. I shoot a deer, I purposefully shoot and take the arch of the aorta off. You have to understand why the arch of the aorta is, is important. It is the center of circulation. So I have targeted that, and I will just shoot the arch of the aorta, the the carotids come up off of that, the carotid arteries. So I just take the center of circulation right off the deer's heart. So you got to put yourself in my shoes here. Okay. That is very hard to believe that you are targeting that. Yes, and I can prove it because when I do my forensic exam, you know. We, when well, you're you gutting got, them, yeah. You guys call it cleaning the deer. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I call it field forensic. Dressing. Yeah, you call it field dressing. I call yeah. it my forensic exam. <laughs> Okay. We got CSI up Absolutely, in here. Absolutely, because I'm looking at bullet entrance point and bullet exit point. And I'm looking at what are, you know, the targets of what I am shooting for. And I have gotten it down. I'm not destroying the heart. I'm just ripping the arch of the aorta off. So, and you're using a thirty out 6 every time? Yes. So, if you're that precise, why wouldn't you use a smaller caliber like a... Like a two two three or, or something. Or two seventy. So, I can tell you exactly why. So I want you know what one. I mean? Because sure, because absolutely. then the exit wound is way less yes. and everything, and you're more precise. Whatever. Like I'm actually curious. I'm not giving sure. you shit. Yeah, yeah, I know. I believe you. But those bullet calibers that you're talking about, for instance, a two seventy. A two seventy can hit a blade of grass, and that bullet's deflected. Mm. That thirty out six. Actually, that was the gun that the uh, mom Barker and her sons demise was due to a 30 out six because that guy was able to shoot through the wood to take him out inside the house a couple of us you know which they were shooting in his son their son her son mom barker gang back in those days 30 out six will penetrate it will go through and not and 270 you can just hit a blade of grass and it's deflecting that bullet that 30 out yeah. six will go through it and do it because what we what i grew up shooting was a 22 mag or a 17 and they're fast, you know, but the second, and we would shoot coons out of trees and you hit a branch and that coon's just staring at you. Yeah. And it's just absolutely. like, what the hell? It, it ricochet off. Right. Absolutely. And absolutely. it's just a tiny little branch. I mean, and I wouldn't know it cause I shot a 270 of Brown and my brother let me use for a while. And I, and it was like, I couldn't figure it out. You know, I shot a, maybe a couple of deers cause I just knew I hit the deer. And I go down and I wonder and I have no blood, no nothing. And I would go back and I started to see it would be a little small limb. See, I didn't have to worry about that with that thirty all six. It took no. it out. And uh, that's probably comes back to like being an instinctive shooter. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Totally. Totally. And I like I got the quick sights on my gun too. Mm. You know the iron sights where you can peep through the bottom. Yeah. Because I don't depend on that scope if I don't have to. Yeah. You think you'd be just as confident without the scope? Yeah. Yeah. Oh heck yeah, yeah. Well, what's your average shot you're taking at a deer in Georgia? Average shot, yeah, I guess about forty yards. Well, yeah, you don't need a scope for forty yards. No, I have, man, I have shot when I was stronger in this arm. Yeah, because you're weak now. Yeah, I am. I'm got a little age on. Right, me right yeah, now. you're sixty-four. Yeah, yep. I am, and I would take and shoot skeet and trap with that <laughs> Remington eleven hundred, and they won't talk about it because they say I'm about the lineage person in Georgia. Okay. I would take and put my <laughs> left hand in my pocket, and all you had to do was pull that little thing that shot them little clay pigeons, you know, the little clay birds that I tried to cook yeah. one. You couldn't get anything out of it but mud after it got wet. I would just shoot it with one hand like that. And Skeet or trap? Whatever that thing, you know, you just pull it. Oh, okay. And pull it out like that. And I would shoot it with one hand and hit it. And I'll tell you. I didn't have to put it on my shoulder. And what made me not be able to understand not to put it on my shoulder, I used to shoot that old browning that had the hump in the back. The A5. The recoil browning. Ugh. It taught me how not to shoot. My, to dad, shoot. Has, yes. my dad has one of those, and let me tell you, like no being, rubber. No nothing. No rubber. It's like being and stomped that thing, by an elephant. And then put a Remington Nitro Steel in there, and you are going to the hospital, man, let me tell you. Let me tell you, it will teach you how not to put a gun to your Dude. shoulder and shoot it under there some Dude. kind of way. Huh? I have shot that Remington Nitro Steel. Oh, my gosh. Have you ever shot that Browning with one? No, man, that re it's recoil. It's no gas operated. It's like being stomped by a, a mule. Yeah, 
So you you figured it out in the yeah. sense of where it's going to be in your shoulder Don't because put of it how on much your pain. Shoulder. Yeah, yeah. And that's how how I, I saw learned how to shoot that Remington. You know, from the hip. Yeah. Don't have to put it on your shoulder because it was like shooting that gas operated Remington. Man, I thought I was in heaven. <laughs> they hey. gas operated the good. Hey, so. This episode of the Midwest Flowers Podcast is brought to you by Betterfed Beef. Betterfed Beef is a group of 17 family farms in the Midwest making some of the best beef in the country right now. It's called Anya Beef. It's a certain special way of making this beef more tender and more delicious for us, the consumer. Everybody at Midwest Flyways loves a good steak, and we know you do too. Go to betterfedbeef.com and use promo code FLYWAYS for 20% off your order. You won't be sorry. You've been doing this a long time. Yeah, you've been I hunting have. a long time. Yeah, I'm not sure. And you're seeing how it's going now with yeah. the social media and everything. Oh, everything absolutely. Renard and Daryl are doing. Absolutely. You just love what they're doing. Or? I do because they are introducing it. They're taking it to a whole nother level. Renard and Daryl have taken this thing. You know, looking at two, four dot seven hunt. They have taken it a notch above. Incorporating it, they've got you know opened the market up for this. This, their generation of people, they're showing that people can do this because, like, oh, my God, black guys hunt like this? Right. You know, they're they're opening up. There's a whole nother market out there, and people are talking about it. You know, the hat. I was riding down the road. There's a, a, a crew out of town the other day. I had a 247 hunt hat on, you know, and it's like, hey, you're the one. I said, are you keeping those guys straight? And I had one of my students. I teach school, too, a little bit. I'm a college professor. I teach some psychology. <laughs> Can you believe that? I should be teaching, you know, targeting and shooting. But I was teaching psychology at the, at, the, at the moment. <clears throat> yeah. And one of my students says, I was in North Carolina last week, and you got one of those hats on that everybody at the bachelor party had on in North Carolina. Oh, my gosh. They right? all had on the, you know, the duck down yep, hat. Yep, yep. It's really cool. Yeah. Do you Absolutely. feel so? I mean, legitimate question from from our angle, right? We don't obviously growing up in the north, being white kids, like are there, is there a, like a big population of black hunters in the south? Well, you know, it's there. They they were. It's not like it is. Yeah, it's it's been kind of scattered. Okay, because it's like scuba divers. You know, like I scuba dive too as well. You know, like when was the last time I saw another black guy underwater scuba diving? Okay, like wait a minute. Oh, you guys can swim too? Uh, all right, oh yes, we God. can. We have crashed that stereotype out. We wrecked that. You know, but it, then it's a whole different population. A lot of the older guys hunted that I grew up with. Yeah, and then you know some of these younger kids didn't get into it. They got off into this social media. What did their What did their dads not bring them into it, or, or they just weren't interested? I don't know if they were just not interested or what, man. You know, but a lot of people, you know, back in the days, I heard during the the depression. That's one of the reasons we didn't have any deer and turkeys because people didn't have anything to eat and they all had to hunt. You know, and so it. I don't know how that thing shifted, but it shifted. I know growing up, it wasn't that many people doing, you know, like younger guys my age doing it and following people. Would you get like weird looks walking into places with camo on after you're done hunting? Or well, what? no, not really, not down there. And I always got, nah, no, I always get weird looks when I'm underwater and I'm the only black man. <laughs> You know, but actually, you got to understand. Hey, look, man, I'm an excellent swimmer. I'm, I've been swimming a long time. You know, and I and I used to swim in the rivers down there in, in the Oatmuggy River down there in Georgia. You know, and now you, you rarely ever. I was such I was such a good swimmer. I could swim upstream in the river. You've I, you rarely you never. Let me take that back. You've never okay. seen anybody swim upstream. I wait. Excuse me. I'm sorry. You probably have. I'm probably the only <laughs> black man you know that can swim upstream in a river. Okay. Actually, the only other person you ever heard doing something like that was Tarzan. I was gonna say. I think you might be the only person of any of any race. That well, I outside know. of Tarzan, he's the only other yeah. person you ever seen do that. Well, man. and salmon. Well, well, yeah, they can do that. They're going to breed too bad. You know, back in those days, I was probably going to breed too, oh swimming up straight toward the bridge. <laughs> what can I say, man? You know, I'm just that kind of guy. So, so, <laughs> so you being a clinical psychologist, right? Yes. And seeing like where hunting was 
mm-hmm. especially in the South, to where it is now. What is like the major difference? And and well, and tie in the industrial organizational psychology. Sure. Part. The changes that have occurred now with the hunting and the marketing and like what Renara knows have done. You know, they've opened it up because there are people like Renard done interviews. You know, with two four dot seven hunt. You say, well, we never thought black people, and it was the market out there. But I'm, we're seeing, a, well, a lot of companies are seeing that it is a market, and it's targeting sure. a lot of younger kids. And believe it or not, it's equally just as many white kids wearing these two four oh, dot seven. I have so many friends that hat. love his stuff. Yes, yes, I love the stuff, man. Yes, it's absolutely. great. And he's he's you know he's been a genius all his life. They tell me, you know, he's a smart just, kid. Yeah, he is. He's just had that touch, and he's good. And I appreciate them because they've taken an old man like me, you know, and all the way me, up to North Dakota. Yes, and let, allowed me to get up in there every now and then. Tell me every now and then, take put your head down, <laughs> you know, <laughs> put your head down. You know, it's like I'm thinking I'm on the dove field. You know, it's like okay, here comes one <laughs> over on the other side, but it's totally different. You know, I've learned a lot up here on this trip man and they showed me a lot and they've taken time with me daryl and and aubrey and renar you know and, and they're just taking me you know and allow me to do this and it makes me feel real good because i know growing up i had some mentors you know growing up and then hanging out with renar's father growing up and his uncles yeah you know and it's just a family thing it's a generational thing man it's like a tradition you're where keeping we come from. a tradition yeah. alive yeah and they're keeping it with a whole nother twist totally you're you bringing know? new people into it and the new people into mm-hmm. it with a, a, a new you know what do they call it you know i forget what generation they call it but you know but they're different totally different. gen z's yeah the gen man Z's. i say that i'll say this you know like the first like the first time that i talked to renar before everything really started kind of popping off sure um like the the vibe the reason that we wanted to put this hunt together was because like our whole thing when we started Midwest Flyways the whole time has been we want to be able to bring new people yes absolutely. into something that we are in love with yes you know totally, and totally. there's so many other people in this country that have never even had the chance to do it exactly or even knew that it was possible to do it exactly and sharing the resources that we can to try to help people get there sure that's what Renar wants to do too absolutely and daryl and all aubrey and ricky i yeah. mean they all want yeah. to do that yeah everyone that's from 24 right. 7 right and they mean it it's in their heart it's, 100%. It, it's just not a marketing yeah marketing is good excellent marketing is good and excellent because it gets us to more people sure and i understand that from my io psychology perspective and organizational development but i I tell you i know those guys and i know what's genuinely in their heart man it's 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 like it's it's moving it's emotionally moving you know it's it's almost like a mental emotional spiritual thing it's more to it than just pulling the well yeah absolutely what it's all about when you meet those guys you can tell Number one thing, like yeah. they're passionate about it. They are passionate. And passion, yes. you, when you're around people that are passionate about stuff, yes. whatever it is, it makes you more passionate Absolutely. about anything that you love. That's you don't have to have point. the same thing in common, right? But if they're passionate, it wants it makes you want to be more passionate about whatever it is that you're passionate about. Absolutely. And I'm <clears throat> prime example. Here I am, 64 years old, and their passion is driving me sore. Oh, I'm yeah. going to have to get oh, some yeah. biofreeze tonight. <laughs> 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 no, man, you need that stem cell work, bro. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, no, that's is. awesome. It is, man. It's really, really cool. And that that's the vibe that we've, we've always had, too, and fell in love with. Like, the other thing that's really cool about it, too, is, like, those guys, they're they're definitely not like, um, you know, they're not they're not trying to be like exclusive. You no. know what I mean? Like right. they're not trying to be like out of reach from people. No, no, you know. No. And and like our whole thing too has always been, we want everybody in Waterfall to know like the main important goal is that we continue keeping people coming into it because Absolutely. it's a declining thing Absolutely. that we're all in love with and ate up with. Absolutely. And no matter what, going back to that marketing stuff, right? Any company, anywhere, whatever product it is, if they're pushing waterfowl and they care about keeping that alive, I'm in. It, it is. I mean, I'm in too, man, because it's the spirit of understanding this thing too, man, because I respect Mother Nature. 
you know, and I respect the wild and I respect the gifts because I, I, it's like every time I get a chance to hunt and, and I do get a chance to reap the benefits of thank you, Lord. The, yeah. God's bounty, because it's a privilege to be able to hunt a duck. It's a privilege to be able to kill an elk. It's a privilege to be able to go catch a crawfish. And, and then I, I respect that, man. And, and I that's in my heart, my, my mind, body and experience. You know, in spirit too. Yeah, I remember. Well, the other day, <clears throat> before you even said this, right now, we uh, we had some we had a shot on a, a pretty far mallard. Like when we pulled up, it was tough because we couldn't see, you know, really well to call the shot. Mm-hmm. And we called the shot, shot at it. It left. You know, it didn't get hurt. But Unk came up to me and he's like, "Hey, <clears throat> I don't like that." You know, he's like, "God doesn't like it when we do that." He's like, "We need to be, we need to be careful of how we're." You know, absolutely. taking care of these birds too. Yeah, absolutely. Maybe, maybe start by don't popping out of your blind eight seconds before we call the. But I'm shot. gonna kill mine. I'm gonna eat it if I pop out. You see, that's the problem. See, that's the part that they y'all don't get. See, I am killing, grilling, and eating, and then I'm going down on my knees and thanking you know the, who, the great spirit. who cut up all those ducks and cooked them up for you. you. Did and yeah. you know you did some other stuff in there too. You cut up up that meat and seasoned it too last night, and that was wonderful too. You there know, you go. That's it. No, my uh, going back to what we were just talking sure. about. When I uh, when I grew up, I hunted with my dad's best friends, and they were fucking phenomenal at right. this stuff. Like right. the best right. duck callers, goose callers, yeah. everything. And I saw that, and I was like, I want to be the best. Yeah, absolutely. Be the best. Yeah. And the the reason why we were asking, like, how has it changed and whatever, and like it's always been competitive, you know. Oh, we shot more ducks than you, you know, whatever, whatever. But I feel like social media is like a like a dick measuring contest now. Right, exactly. You know, and exactly. what's really nice about meeting Renard and Daryl and all these guys here and, and you is it's it's not a dick measuring contest. No. It's just like no, we just love to do this, and we want to kill them, we want to eat them, and we want to take part of this sure whole thing. And that's the thing that gets me fired up because when like I took Cal out for his first hunt ten years ago, mm-hmm. and he was just like just like uh so in love with it yeah right absolutely and for the first four years i i grew up hunting my entire life and then i got into drinking and all that so i went out and partied every weekend you know Been there, and, then done out, that. and then out of nowhere i'm like i need to hunt again yeah and so absolutely. i started going really hard yes like every yes. weekend yes no matter what good day no. bad day didn't matter that's right and then all my friends are like where'd you go you know, you're not partying with us anymore. I'm, I'm killing ducks. That's right. Exactly. And then they go, why are you killing ducks? I was That's like, right. come with. That's right. So for like five years, I was bringing like 35, 40 people out for their sure. first duck hunt. Sure. Like, show them why. Exactly. This is better than drinking. That's like, right. This is everything. Totally. You know, this is nature. This is God's country. This is everything. Man. That's And you know, I, it reminds me of, of, of Renard's dad, you know, Waldo, Waldo Moody. And Waldo has always been about, we would be cooking and eating at, when we were growing up and hunting together. And Waldo always says, it's about the fellowship. Yeah. It's about the fellowship. 100%. And, Some of my best friends now, Wade, upstairs, mm-hmm. met him five years ago. Right. One of my best friends. Right. Just started a company with him. Sure. You know? Sure. It's like all of my best friends now mm-hmm. are just sick with duck fever. I know, man. Goose fever, you I know? I know. I know. It's just I, like, it's and contagious. If, and if, and it's if contagious. you don't know what I'm talking about, it's con- you're like, you don't know who I am. I know. And so we're never going to be on that level. That's exactly right. You it's know? a whole nother level. Mm-hmm. And that level, when we connect, like you and I connected, man, this is eternal. You know, this oh, bond yeah. is like permafrost. It's it's baked in and it's real. It's not fake. It's authentic. Well, we both have the same passion. Yes, absolutely. you know, and that's absolutely. something that a lot of people a lot of people don't even have a passion. Exactly right. You know, they don't know what they want to do with their lives. And we both talk a lot of shit out on the hunt field. Oh, for together. sure, for oh, sure. God, that's Unk, what, what makes, you doing? I know, man. <laughs> that's what makes it so real out there. Mm-hmm. You know, we get to rag and joke and talk trash you know and trash talk man and then you know and nobody gets shot only if that person gets shot is the ducks right you know any place else you trash talking this day and age guess who else might get shot right you know i think they might call it a drive-by or something <laughs> you know we don't even have to drive by to shoot you know what i mean we just sit there <laughs> And enjoy it and oh need to eat God. it, man, you know, and it's wonderful. You know, it's real. It is real. It's authentic. You can't fake authenticity. No, you really can't. 
You keep. It, well, you're a psychologist. Yeah, absolutely. I think you understand when someone's full of shit or not. Absolutely, man. Do you smell what I'm stepping in? Yep. That's what I did. I tell you all week. All week long. All week I've been smelling what you've been stepping in. I'm telling you because you was putting it out there and I was trying (laughs) not to step in it. The Midwest Flyways podcast is brought to you by Sound Gear, the absolute best hearing protection on the market. I honestly had a great experience talking to Scott Trinan about this and he said you'd be the dumbest person in the world if you had a hurt knee and knew that walking to a booth and spending $1,300 would mean your knee wouldn't keep hurting any worse than it already does for the rest of your life. Yeah, or in the fact that like you know that it's going to hurt later and if you just spend that money right now, it, you will never have to deal with it. Right. So don't be a dummy and just get hearing protection that actually works. They have two options, instant fits or customs. The Phantoms are Bluetooth rechargeable. Unbelievable. Change the game. Go to soundgear.com today and get yourself a pair of custom hearing protection. Fix the problem before it's ever even there. There you go. Hey, <laughs> talk about the South Georgia juju. Oh, what man. you did in the field yesterday. Okay, now see, you thought it was juju. You see, I'm going to tell that's you. That's what you called I it. I know it. That's what I wanted you to hear. I put those rocks out behind my blind. You got to understand this mud and this dirt up here in North Dakota. I ain't never seen anybody plow a field with so many rocks in it from a turn, you know, with a tractor. I want to go see the turn plow because I know it doesn't have any tips on it. All these rocks, I mean, piles of rocks. I saw one of them, you know, don't get me wrong, John Deere green is my favorite color. And I saw one of those tractors gun. It looked like, a, you know, it had tracks on it, like a bulldozer. And I'm sitting there going, like, no wonder all these rocks. They got to have a bulldozer to pull the plow. (laughs) (laughs) No, but why did you put the rocks? Let me tell you what I put the rocks out for. I put the rocks out at the head of my blind so that I could, with those waders, could dump my feet off and scrape the dirt off my feet before I stepped into my blind. Hmm. I had a mat. It's pretty All smart. Right. Oh, well, you know, that didn't get this until, PhD for nothing. Until <laughs> we moved the blinds 15 yards back. I know, and then I had to go <laughs> to the front and over there and wipe my feet off and then try to, you know, patch my way back stepping on mm. corn stalks without... How'd that work? Up. It didn't work too well. <laughs> And these fields up here in North Dakota. Yeah, this North Dakota mud, man. (laughs) I'm telling you, man. It follows you everywhere. And that black mud, I've never seen it with so many rocks. How do you grow anything? (laughs) Dude, it just grows up right around all the rocks. I'm serious, man. I've never seen more corn in my entire life. Man, it's 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 crazy. There's a lot of rocks in that corn, isn't there? It is. It's wild, man. I know. I go even I go out and I'm like, man, I would hate to be farming these fields. It would suck. It does. Yeah. You know, even putting out decoys, you know, and uh, Arbery said, grab it at the base and push it down. I said, I am pushing it. I'm yeah. feeling the rock. Oh, yeah. He said, well, move it over. <laughs> All right. I did move it over. There's another rock there. <laughs> you know, how do you put the decoys in the ground? Yeah. You know, it's a thing I saw for one. Sure. I, think, I think somebody put one in and they just did all right and pushed it and it was like bent. I said, okay. <laughs> well, they got the decoy in the ground. The rod's bent. I though. guess. Okay, yeah. It ain't yeah. coming out either. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> all right. I got a good question for you. Okay, sure. All right. So, Easy told me to ask you about 40 mules on a swinging bridge. Oh, man. Tell Did me, tell me oh, this story. Okay, hey, start okay. from the beginning. I want to hear the whole thing. We were out in Montana hunting in the Bob Marshall Wilderness. He said area. you went over a cliff with okay, 50 Let me tell you now. You know, on those swinging, <laughs> listen, 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 the swinging right. bridges, right? All right, hey, start the from cable. the beginning. I want to okay, hear this. Okay, listen, I'm All talking right. from the beginning. You know, right. the Bob Marshall, we were going in to hunt. It, it takes like, we were on the horseback. It's an eight-hour horseback trip up the mountain before you get off. So I had like 15 mules behind me, pulling behind me. And we were going on across one of these swinging bridges, you know, the cable swinging bridges. Yeah. And I've got 15 mules behind me. And midway across the bridge, the seven-and-a-half mules decided to sit down on the bridge and do and 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 did what a jackass does best. And the bridge starts swinging because the other jackasses are also upset. And this guy says, well, what are we going to do? And I just looked over the bridge. I said, well, I guess it's a good day to die. (laughs) Until you untie them jackasses and get that middle one up off his ass. We ain't going to get our ass off of this bridge. (laughs) 
<laughs> so, so is that what you did? Yes. <laughs> Untie the jackasses, ass. <laughs> and move along, along the bridge. Get our ass off the bridge or it's going to be a good day to die. <laughs> the bridge is swinging. We're 5,000 feet above this canyon ground. Okay, it's a long way down for all these asses to fall. <laughs> See? Dude. You were st- you were staring at death, man. Hey, you knew. Looking right at it. Yeah. Looking right at it. Hey, that, that's a wild story. That's the truth, man. <laughs> I it's love like, that. That is something else. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening to the Midwest Flyways podcast. Be sure to leave us a review or a rating on Apple and Spotify. And go to MidwestFlyways.com slash shop for all your latest Midwest Flyways merchandise. All right. So I'm, I'm now, now that I've heard that story... Tell me you have another crazy hunting story you can tell us. No, 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 no. Hold on. What's the craziest hunting story you've seen, Unc? Okay. The craziest hunting story I've seen. As you wear okay, long you, socks okay, with yeah. Tevas. No, no, no. Because, see, you guys are not going to be able to understand this. Because, see, <laughs> I was off the coast of Cuba. And it was pitch black dark at midnight. And I only had a handheld flashlight. This is before the uh, embargo? What, don't flashlights? No, that you were in Cuba hunting. <laughs> oh, no, it's off the coast in the dry Tortugas. Okay. And the areas there, off the coast. I was scuba diving at night in the wildest thing, and there was this upside-down mushroom rock, okay? And I was hunting underwater, and I was doing some spearfishing, you know, shooting some fish. I like to hunt underwater, too. So this upside-down mushroom had a cave that went in. It was wide enough for a shark to just go in the cave, okay? And yep. he swam in head first. And by the, you know, we all had calamine sticks broken, tied to our tanks. Why? Because you glow in the dark. You oh, know? oh. And you can see okay. each other, you know, red, green, and blue, and all that. So those you're doing things. this at night? Yeah, it's like pitch black, dark, midnight, man. Good I'm Lord. underwater about 100. Yeah, I guess about 125 feet, 120 feet. Anyway, I was swimming around this rock upside down, and there was a shark inside. Had gone in, and I took the flashlight and kind of hid it in there on the wall, and I saw the shark move, and he couldn't move because it was so narrow that he hit his head. And I said, uh-huh. And I saw all the little calamine sticks coming behind me, right? You know, yeah. looking like those underwater shrimp that glow in the dark. Yeah. <laughs> all the different colors. So I wiggled the light in there again and agitated the shit out of the shark, right? <laughs> I mean, I, you know I can be an agitator, right? You do know that now. <laughs> Personal experience. <laughs> right, Joey? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I oh, yeah. I agitated him again, man. And by this time, he hit the wall again, and he started swimming backwards, and I eased on. And I kind of sat back up, and I looked at all the little calamine sticks. And by the time they got around there, the shark was out. And it was like... <laughs> You know, like little shrimp going through the water. You just man. see the lights go everywhere. Yes, and I was just like, <laughs> you know, doing what I do best, laughing like, oh well, I guess it wasn't a great day to die. <laughs> it got away. That's kind you of you were trying to kill your friends. No, no, no. I was just a little excitement. No, you were bored on the water. You know, you're just blowing bubbles. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> you know, it's like you got to add some fun wherever you go. So, now, how the fuck did you get into sh- spearing fish at 120 I feet know, deep? I know, man. You got to understand. I keep telling you the only other person you've seen do shit like that was Tarzan. Right. He didn't even go that deep. No. <laughs> it's wonderful, though, to be able to be out here with you guys, man, and have met y'all and, and the camaraderie we've had and the fun. Oh, my God. Nick says he's laughed so hard his stomach's sore. You know, I was sitting We've there. We've all been I know. laughing, cracking up. I know, man. I'm sitting there going, like, he laughs so hard. His stomach's sore. I walked so long, so long today, so far, my entire body's sore. I'm sitting there thinking about biofreeze to try to get something back in order, <laughs> man. It's like, ooh, I am. You might need it. Yeah. And I got caught up in that grass. And I fell flat on my face to bam. And my finger never left the trigger. I mean, not the trigger, the safety. Uh. See, Joey thought I was going to go all the way out with the oh trigger. My God. No, it was on the safety, Joey. I <laughs> on safe <laughs> when I fail. Okay. Have you have you more enjoyed hunting water or fields here? <laughs> well, I've been... Because, you know, it's been... We've had some good days and some tough days. Yeah. Which that's... I mean, North Dakota is kind of like that. You know, there's a lot of land and water here. Mm-hmm. So finding the birds is tough, but... Well, you know, I kind of... Got used to that afternoon. We had all those birds come in, 
Yeah. You know, the in one, the field? yeah, the one that I kind of called the first shot I've ever yeah, called yeah. all my life to yeah. shoot them and we killed all those. No, I take that back. The first call that, shot no, was bad. I screwed that up the first one. You but did. the second one, the second one the I, second did, one I didn't good. even call. I'm just like, okay, you got to understand Well, I was having PTSD from when I first went into that thing, right? When they, and Aubrey closed it on me, I said, Aubrey, oh, yeah. I kind of feel like I'm in one of those caskets down I there know. back home, you, you know? You went back to work. Yeah, I was laying there like this and I'm sitting there. <laughs> going on that second call that didn't that didn't call i just came up because i saw them coming i'm like screw this man i'm being to kill these birds well, you know, well and, being from georgia you've never seen that many ducks on top not of you, in my you? life and my impulse control went down to zero <laughs> no and i popped out of that cage and i went to shooting and Steven next to me went to hitting them. And, man, how many ducks did we kill out of that round? We killed 10 ducks, I think, or more, 8 to 10 ducks. Probably, yeah. We rolled them, man. So we could have been doing that all along. But, you know, you, y'all got, I call, I guess it's duck hunter's etiquette. <laughs> you know, and nice I learned the thing. Yes, I do. I have a plethora of of pronunciation enunciations <laughs> I can use here. You know, I, I've learned though so much. You know, the first round they make, you know, you want to watch them because you're working them and they're trying to get them to come into the decoys. And the second round, you know, you try to get them to they come on the They tease you a little bit. Yeah, and then on the, you know, and by this time, I'm from Georgia, right? And, you know, three strikes and your ass is out. So I'm sitting there going, we need to kill them on the second round, boys. <laughs> God. <laughs> Fuck. Oh, my God. When you have that much wind, it's really tough. We had like 40, 40 mile an hour gusts. No, I know. <clears throat> yeah, that was the second hunt. That was the second on that next day oh, where the yeah. wind was horrible. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, man. I mean, they were they they couldn't even like they can't they can't down. get down. They could not yeah, they get can't down. get down. Right. And they were just hung. I thought the ducks was up there having seizures. Man. You know, the way they were just vibrating. Flapping so hard. Yeah, mm-hmm. trying to get down in there, and they couldn't. It was it was yeah. amazing to watch. And they try like three or four times. I've learned yeah. so much, just... guys, from you guys. I've learned a whole lot in watching you all prepare things, you know, and, and to talk about these things and moving. I've never been in a field like that. I've only seen that on TV and, and you know, dreamed about it and feel this stream of popping out of a blind like that yeah. in the cornfield. Man, I got a chance to live that. That's part of my lived experience right now. Oh, yeah. See, that's one thing. That's the best thing. Everywhere is, you go. Yes, that and, is And it. all the people you hunt with. Yes, that's yeah. lived experience now. Yeah, you that's can. That's the difference. You will learn something from everybody you hunt with. Yes. And you will learn from something in, in every place you hunt. Absolutely. 100%. Absolutely, man. Yeah. That's fantastic. You can't, money can't buy that. Absolutely There's not. There's no money. No. Can't buy that. And I wouldn't trade any of it for it, honestly. Me neither. Me yeah. neither. Not at all, none whatsoever. I trade a little bit, but that's just me. Yeah, I mean, he just wants to watch me not pop up out of that thing. <laughs> he will be all right, you know. But you remember the one he sit there, going the ducks come in and I, they're all there, and I'm going like, okay, Joey didn't say a word, and I'm like, <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> Ah, he uh, said, "Oh, with somebody." And then Nick said, "Well, uh, you know, Joey's got this thing with widgets or something. He's not going to shoot him." I said, "Okay, all right, we're going to solve that problem real no, quick." No, no, here, here's what's happening. Widgeon is our logo for Midwest Flyways. Oh, that's I why you love, didn't want to shoot him. No, 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 I love Widgeon. Well, what was the issue but about you, the birds down there? You boys are there. coming up from Georgia. You want to shoot greenheads, and so when you got six Widgeon in the decoys and you got fourteen mallards coming to set up on you, I'm going to wait for the mallards. Okay, but I'm, is duck meat still duck meat? To me, absolutely. Okay, but I can understand that part because I was sitting there going like, okay, wait a minute. And then all of a sudden, like, no widgets. How about this? It, huh? How about this? So when when someone when someone's really antsy, right? Uh-huh. When What's really frustrating when you're out in the field is when you have all these ducks coming. All of them. Yeah, I can And you it. have six coming down into the decoys. I get it. I get and it. if you wait just a little bit longer, everyone can shoot. Yeah. But if someone gets too antsy, right, you're only killing it. two ducks instead of 20. I got that part. So that's the right. tough part. And sometimes you fuck up. Yeah. Sometimes you get too greedy yeah. and they don't end up coming in. And other times, yeah. you absolutely drop the bottom yeah. out of a and flock. And that's what we did when I down that 
pop up with it's, no questions. It's asked. literally gambling. You're gam- you're gambling the two birds in front of you mm-hmm. for the opportunity at the twenty behind them. Absolutely, and then that gambling turns into an addiction, and it we does. all got it. Hey, you know? because <laughs> hey, that's right. Legitimately, it does. It is. It's just it's like all hitting, about it's, the dopamine. It's man. like hitting it's about blackjacks. the dopamine and the serotonin and all yeah. those you know all those neurotransmitters and stuff I don't have because I'm my impulse control <laughs> is zero. So, it's you know. it's literally it's like hitting blackjack. You know, when, when the 20 come in and do it and you mm. shoot 15 of them, oh, God. you know, it's, it's like, oh, yeah. that is addicting. It and is. I legitimately, I told it Renard is. actually last it night, is. you know, like part of the whole thing in the beginning, why some of us were, you know, trying to really like chase some stuff mm. is because when you get into a really good drive field hunt right. where the mallards are just really they're doing it like no matter what like they're coming man they came it's, on it's that addicting one. Oh, you know man. when you saw that many ducks i don't know it was i bet you it was 50 or more ducks coming yeah. in yeah oh yeah coming in no and uh I'll, I'll show you a video after the podcast is done but i was in kansas sure. last year with my buddy right he, he wears the 24 7 hat all the time and we were just getting our asses kicked for five days straight and we would set up in this field, and the ducks wouldn't fly until about five minutes after shooting. So you can't even kill them. Wow. And let me tell you about frustrating. There was about 20,000 mallards coming to this field, and they'd right. circle eight times. Right. And we wanted to keep hunting this field, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, you're just sitting there watching the show of mallards just tornado over yeah. your face, and you have a gun next to you, and it's five minutes after shooting, and there are... 10,000 mallards yeah. right in front of your face. Do you know how hard it is not to shoot that gun? So can you shoot them with a slingshot? No. Nothing. You can't, you can't kill a duck after sunset. Hmm. You can't kill them no matter what you're using. But it's like... You can't even and, throw and, a rock at them, huh? No, no. I mean, you can. But if you get caught, yeah, you're yeah, in trouble. You're killing ducks outside of the hunting limit. The parameters, yeah. yeah. Understand. No, but it's... Uh, no, we we've been very fortunate to grow up here or around the Midwest, you know. Sure. And so it's just like it's tough because I know you guys haven't. And it's like, well, we we want to kill every duck that flies. Oh, okay, cool. But how cool would it be to just kill twenty five greenheads? Yeah. Just greenheads. And I learned know? that today the greenheads the difference between the brown mallards and the greenheads are called drakes. See, I didn't even know that. And See, you've been doing this for years. Yeah, we, we shoot woodies with mm. ducks, man. You know, they... Yeah. That's it. Yeah, so yeah, all this stuff is new. And then I've learned out today, I've learned what, okay, what a, a teal looks like. Okay. Yep. Well, it's it's crazy. Once you've been doing it long enough, you can tell from a ways away. And I'm, and I'm wrong all the time, for sure, but you can tell by the wing beats. By the way, they move their I neck when they're flying. That. I was noticing that with the mallard and their wings and how they... Flat like yeah, this. they're almost like gliding, but the yes. but the tips of their wings are kind of tipping. Absolutely, absolutely. You oh, know? similar to almost like a hummingbird kind of deal, yep. but they can hummingbird can fly backwards. And I also saw the pintail, so I've got they the have pintails. a very long neck. Yes. Well, I thought it was the tail that had the pin on it. Yes, they have sprigs on the tail, but when they're yeah, flying, yeah. their neck is the longest oh. out of any duck. Okay. Yeah. Got you. Got you. Got you. And I'm they gonna... got a big white belly. All right. the way up their neck. Right. I mean, we, we were hunting this morning from a different spot you guys were, and the majority of what was coming in, and I mean dancing at 10 feet mm-hmm. in front of everybody, were sprigs, were oh, wow. pintails. pintails. And it took everything in my being not to pull that trigger. No, because you can only have one. You can only have one a person. And one a person, the One right. flock came in and did it so right that we shot our limit in one flock of pintails. There was five of us, mm-hmm. six of us, five. Five. Wow. five of us. We shot five pennies in one flock. Wow. Four of them were hens, wow. you know, and that sucks. But we had one pretty decent looking bull sprig, but it's just like, you know, yeah. that's how it goes. It's gambling. It's gambling. Cal said but gambling. <laughs> yeah. It's always a gamble. Life's a gamble. Sure. It is. Hunting with Robert Spaulding is a gamble. Let me tell you. Absolutely. Absolutely. It is. My impulse control will... Kill a lot it'll, of birds. It'll change a hunt. It will, man. It'll help One you. Way or it'll another. help you. It'll help you. You know, practice your your guiding skills. Oh yeah. <laughs> we'll, well get hey. you all some riddling or something. To help calm you down. Well, you got it. We yeah. got to do is come and hunt the uh, the timber. 
Oh, yeah. yeah. I've heard. I hadn't been in the timber yet, but I heard those ducks come through there, and they're wide open. They're breaking limbs to get out in oh, there. Yeah. Can you imagine well, what hey, that sounds like? Maybe yeah. when we're there, you'll be there. Absolutely. Absolutely. You, you better be I there. No. You better be there. Bet, well, I got your number, and I'll let right. you know when I'm coming down in December or that's January. Right. I'm going to be in Arkansas. Pick you up, and I'm going to come pick your I'm ass gonna up. I'm going to be in Arkansas. You can bet it up because it's going to be on the weekends. Well, we're going to have to see you there, and we're going to sure. wrap this podcast right oh, absolutely. here. absolutely. It's been wonderful, guys. Hey, Unc, Uncle, yes. Uncle Spaulding, yes. thank yeah. you. Yeah, yeah. Thanks yeah. for coming on with oh, us. Thank you I've, I've heard, I've heard you've been called the Black Uncle Cy. Yeah, well, look, at this particular point, <laughs> just call me anything, as long as you call me when the ducks are flying in. <laughs> How about that? <laughs> I've Sounds enjoyed good. y'all, too. You know, hey, man. And, and this is once in a lifetime, yes, man. Yes, it is, man. It's been wonderful. And thank you guys for listening to this podcast. Be sure to subscribe to us on Apple and Spotify, and be sure to share it with all your friends. Leave us a review. Thanks so much for listening. Hey, Unc, one more thing. Yes.